We are recording. All right, second talk. Before I actually get into the second talk, I want to read a scripture that I skimmed over. I didn't notice it in my notes. Um, but it is Acts 17, 24 through 31. And uh, it has to do with seeking God. Um, where'd it go? The, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all men life and breath and everything. And he made from one every nation of men to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their habitation, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel after him and find him. Yet he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, a representation by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all men by raising him from the dead. That's Jesus. So that was a long passage, but it's just pointing to the fact that our religion isn't a physical thing. The, the church building, um, the, the religious little things you do, that's not the essence of our religion. It's seeking God and that he doesn't live in any shrine. He doesn't need anything from us, but he wants us to want him. That sounds like a song, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. Uh, second topic here is spice. And uh, spice is, is our way of describing uh, how you're making your home a place that is worth being in. It's a wife who adds value. Um, and the good wife title comes from the Proverbs 31 chapter, which, which the portion of it that's so famous, it's not actually the beginning, but it, it says, a good wife who can find um, her worth is above rubies. Uh, that's what we want to be, a good wife. We add, to add value, uh, Proverbs 31, 11 to 12, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Um, that idea of being at home and doing things at home while your husband is at work or maybe he's out in the yard working, but you're making the home a place where he can come and it's a, a haven for him to enter when he's done with work during the day. Um, that's my goal as a as a wife who has a husband who actually doesn't leave home he he's here all day long um, then we have Matthew 5:13 you are the salt of the earth but if salt has lost its taste how shall its saltness be restored it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trodden underfoot so this is talking about uh, actually a seasoning 
but that we as Christians are supposed to be seasoning to the world around us, and that includes in your home, uh, making your homes a, a wonderful place to be. Um, and then there's the guiding theme of this whole seminar, which is the Titus 2, 3 through 5, and I'm going to highlight the part about older women teaching what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, and then in this section, to be sensible, chaste, domestic, kind, and submissive to their husbands, that the word of God may not be discredited. So we are focusing now on the sensible, domestic, and kind, because we talked, Evan and I talked about how um, those three words can really very specifically um, have to do with the home. And like domestic is absolutely having to do with the home because the meaning is lover of the home. And the Greek word for that is oikoros, oikuros maybe. If I knew Greek, I would pronounce it correctly. But that can't be too far off. Caring for the house, working at home, the watch or keeper of the house, keeping at home and taking care of household affairs. Um, it's very obvious that wives were designed to be carers of the home and that that's part of what the Lord has for us. Now, I, I don't think it's wrong for a woman to have a job outside the home, but I do think her first obligation, if she's married, it is to take care of her home. Uh, and I don't think the scriptures uh, back off from that idea. I think they're very forward about that. But it doesn't, again, mean that you can't do other things. I, in my um, time as a wife, have done little outside-of-the-home things. I taught at Logos School, um, taught choir at Logos School and at uh, Montrose Academy for several years, and I've done other little out-of-the-home things, like I was in a band, <laughs> and uh, um, it seems like there was something else I was going to point to. Only volunteer work and whatever. Um, Bella. Bella, yeah. I had my own private choir. Thanks. forgot about that. So being outside your home doing stuff, making money or benefiting your society is, isn't wrong, but if your home is a wreck, and because you're out doing that all the time, I'm going to say you're wrong. That's it. I'm going to say it. Because it's, it's not your first obligation. First obligation being domestic. And your failure in that can be cause for the gospel to suffer. If, if you are one of those people who just can't keep anything together at home and the world sees that, why would they want to um, have that religion that you have? If, if your life is a wreck, they, they would have no reason. It affects children. Say that again? It affects children. Yeah, thank you. It does affect children. They don't have any sense of order, um, routine, when, when the home is not orderly. Now, there's a wide range of, of uh, standards of neatness, cleanliness, th that are held by women, men, institutions, and I remember years ago thinking, how do you decide, if you're going to teach on being domestic, how do you decide what's right and what's wrong about uh, the levels of cleanliness? And I came up with 
this line is that your home should look like someone works there. Mm -hmm. And that gives, I think, a lot of range for pe people who are really, really picky and people who are just not so picky. But that if you're not so picky to the point that you can't make heads or tails of what's supposed to be going on in your home or where things are, or, then you're probably not what you ought to be. But if somebody can walk into your home and see a general look of, hey, yeah, somebody works here. Somebody picks up, somebody dusts, somebody mops once in a while, they wipe the stove, etc. The laundry's not piled all over the furniture. Um, then you, you're at least doing, to some extent, what you're supposed to do. And again, that's that's as specific as I'm going to be about how much. Um, I'll leave it to your your heart and your abilities to figure out beyond that. Um, is it natural for you to be domestic, or is it not natural? And then I'm asking this as a question for you to answer in your own mind, because some women are really naturally into homemaking and they're naturally energetic and can just bustle around and get all kinds of stuff done and they see obviously quickly what needs to be done and they do it. Some women don't. Some women are slower moving, um, don't really like cleaning, don't understand how to start, where to stop, you know, it's just kind of a mystery to them. Well, I'm going to say that if it's not natural for you, that's what the training thing is all about. And it says, again, in the Types passage, that the older women are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands, children be sensible, chaste, domestic, kind, etc. So it's about training in all of those qualities. Um, you don't get a pass just because it's not natural for you. You train and you improve if it's not natural. You can even improve if it's natural. Um, Any questions about that? Any. <laughs> <laughs> not natural. You're not um, natural. Okay. Uh, living at the big house definitely started me moving in the right direction. Uh, I mean, I've always been tidy, but it's that's more of disposition of character than actually having a pa uh, not passion. Wrong word. Uh, that having it naturally kind of ingrained as part of my my faith, I guess, <clears throat> and becoming a wife again was like another push. How, my question for you is, how do you balance having a husband who lives at home and you also doing work in the home? Because now I'm in that situation where my husband works from home and I work from home. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's been interesting trying to like figure out, like vacuuming in the middle of the day is difficult if he's on the phone or mm -hmm. doing certain tasks when he's in a certain room. How do you handle that situation? Well, in, in this house where I had lots of space to clean, but I also have lots of space for my husband to be one place or another, um, it's a matter of what I would have to call a juggling act. And uh, when you're cleaning, well, excuse me, when your jobs are cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids, doing laundry, shopping, Okay, that's that's a lot, and you got to learn the juggling act, which is okay. 
Oh, and by the way, laundry. Laundry is one of those things that when, when people say, oh, I just can't get a grip on this laundry. I've always got so much laundry. I think, what? You've got to be kidding. We've got washing machines and dryers. I mean, the women a hundred years ago, they had an excuse for laundry to be a big deal. Not us. Okay. You put something in the wash, you go off and you do something else, you do a little prep for dinner. When your husband goes to the bathroom, you quickly get the vacuum cleaner out and you do the vacuuming. Um, whatever the case, but it's a juggling act. It's being alert to what the uh, possibilities are, what the options are. Uh, then you got to get back down there and throw that stuff in the dryer or hang it up or whatever you're doing with it. But it's not a matter of having lots of time to sit down and put your feet up and do your nails. It's a matter of being busy. And part of that reason why um, I gave my age and height and weight is I have not had trouble keeping weight off because I don't have time to put weight on. Uh, <laughs> now, and, and I'm not saying that everybody has to be a certain you know, shape or size or anything, but um, when you're busy, you know, you're going to burn calories and it's going to be easier to not put on weight. What, you step well, on I was just thinking of your situation, Kenny, and it's a little bit like having a baby that's sleeping in the house. You have to work around their nap times, like the vacuum you can only do when they're awake. Maybe when John runs an errand, you know, I don't know. But I'm running on the baby thing. Vacuum from the time they come home in their room under their crib. Get them used to it. Yes. Vacuum while they're asleep. Oh, yes. yes. Well, I have done that too. But. <laughs> yeah. And, but then the other thing is if, if you have a baby that cries a lot, if they're, if you're, when you're vacuuming, you don't have to it's hear true. it. It's <laughs> true. Washington it's kind of a relief from that. Okay. What if your husband doesn't want you to do it that way? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like, like, like if your main, if your, if your main priority is keep the baby happy, you know, then like, um, it, it becomes like okay, well, if Sam, if if he needs picked up or like, like only doing what I can do one-handed or. When it's safe for when the baby is there, or mm -hmm. you know, like. So your husband, he he doesn't we mind if there's no right. dinner on the table. No, he doesn't actually. Okay, well, <laughs> then you need to submit to your husband, um, and to whatever extent he puts a requirement on you. Um, if it means it's more difficult to do in some other task, um, you know, as long as he knows that and he's willing to live with that deficiency, then your obligation is to submit to your husband. Um, I, I let my babies cry, and my babies slept through the night, but no later than three, four months. And when I say slept through the night, I mean from like 10 to 6, or some of them were even earlier than that, 6 in the evening till 6 in the morning, with no feeding in between. Um, I let my babies cry. Now, I loved my babies, and my children are all Christians, they're all walking with the Lord, so whatever it was that I did, it, it was, um, going back to the reality comment, um, that we have to cl have clarity regarding reality, our reality in this age of mechanized servants, i.e. washers and dryers, um, 
cell phones and all the conveniences we have, our reality is we can pamper babies more, but the question is it may or may not be that it may not be that good for them to to be pampered that, that the reality of having to accomplish things I mean if you had to make sure there was wood in the fire so that your house didn't get cold, that baby would probably have to lie on the floor and cry for a while while you went out to chop wood if your husband didn't have time to get it all done. Um, you know, there are just all kinds of conveniences we have that have allowed us to not let our babies cry as much. But at some point, babies should have to cry because re real life has to go on. Um, and it's really not realistic to think you can keep a baby from ever crying. I was going to say, Peggy um, <coughs> has worked at home for four years. That was definite adjustment for us. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think that he says, just the truth about being a parent or having someone that works at home, is to be flexible and juggle. And for someone like myself, I'm very structured. I have color-coded charts. I mean, I, I'm very hard for me to think outside of the box. If I was going to vacuum, that's what I was going to do. And it was really just frustrating to me if Jacob was on the phone because he it couldn't both be at the same time. So one of the things that did help me in this, is to have a list of other options for myself so that I could transition quickly and easily without stewing over the fact that I couldn't vacuum right then. Because that was, for me, the hardest part was the transition in my mind of, like, well, I can't do this now. That's frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. This is what I was supposed to be doing, so I need to get done. But then realizing that I had this other list that I could work off of until that, because inevitably he's going to get off the phone, right? Or yeah, he'll be done with work, and you could do it after work at five. I said he's got to go to I the mean, bathroom at some time. Right. <laughs> or there's lunch breaks. I mean, you have time, and maybe you get half of it done, and you have to turn it off again, but you still got half of it done. And that, I think, having someone at home, it's a real balance. You guys will figure it out. I mean, it takes a lot of talking, not communicating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, just, I think what you're saying is being willing to juggle. Yeah. And it's the same for parenthood. You can get trapped in wanting something to be a certain way. Very much right. my personality, being willing to let it be a different way, mm -hmm. I think is the hardest thing. It just, but keeping busy, yeah. having no, no second option available to you does help transition into something new. For me, yeah. it helps. I always think of dinner prep. Dinner prep is cutting things up um, or pre-cooking something a little bit, um, whatever. There's usually something you can do that's going to make the putting together of dinner way faster, way more um, efficient. And when you're up against it with, I can't make noise now, I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, dinner prep. Yeah. I have just this thing that I do that wastes time, and I really <laughs> want to get past it. And that is, I make my list at the beginning of the day of things that I really need, I know need to get done. Like, and I prioritize them. <laughs> and then something else grabs my attention. And instead of just attacking the first thing on my list that I know needs to get done, I, I procrastinate. And I start thinking, well, I can do the ironing anytime before 5 p.m. when Tim gets home, you know. And I, I've been in situations recently where I knew I didn't have any time to waste and I had to just do it. I was late making dinner the other night for his family. And I w went shopping the day before the Super Bowl. And it was, we were running late. I mean, the, it was like five carts in every aisle at Rico. So I was getting increasingly, increasingly more stressed out because I was making this recipe I'd never made before. Anyway, I got home and I thought, I cannot think about anything. I have to read the recipe and do it. Like no lag time between thinking and doing. And 
I think I want to be more like that in every day. Like, you know what you need to do, start. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's a if there's a trick that you play with your mind where you. Well, I, the experience of the joy of it. Yeah. Should be a reminder. Um, the idea that when when you're more prepared, then the execution of of the thing, whatever it is goes more smoothly and then you sit down and you just feel like, wow, I, I mean all my dishes are done except for these plates we're eating off mm -hmm. and after dinner I'm not going to have much to do because I was so prepared because I didn't dilly-dally earlier. And that's something you've said before that I, I think that reminds me of is um, if you work hard then you can relax and mm -hmm. reward yourself. Yeah, you earn it rather than start it. off. Yeah. And you don't have it still hanging over your head at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, teach yourself, I think that's a good way to put it, is teach yourself to earn your uh, moments of rest or manicures or whatever the things are you enjoy, reading a book, um, watching a soap opera, please don't watch a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way you spend your time is, if you think about it, is loving others. How are the ways that I spend my time going to serve others best? Um, yep. Then, yeah. And that's Good. in this here, the kind element. So let's let's move on. Um, so we, we talked about being domestic, being sensible, uh, ordered and prudent. And I looked up prudent. We had come across a really cool definition for prudent, and it's not what I what was in the dictionary. But it said wise and of good judgment or judicious. But I think our the one when we heard it somewhere, I remember you and I came mm -hmm. across Oh, it was probably in one of the readings that Evan did, but it's the idea of being able to set aside um, silly or unnecessary things in order to do what's going to um, produce a good effect down the road. Anyway, it's it's this understanding of uh, deferred gratification. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was in mere Christianity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I loved the definition, but I, it wasn't the one that was in, in the dictionary. But I wish I just had it again. Anyway, prudence. I loved the idea of prudence. So being sensible is being ordered and prudent. And then the Greek was sophron, of a sound mind, sane, as in not crazy. Okay? <laughs> sensible means not crazy. You know how women can get kind of crazy? You know that's one of the things that men really don't get about women is that they're not sane sometimes. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> In one's senses, curbing one's desires and impulses, self-controlled, temperate. Those are such great words to uh, want to, to have be your character. So, not sensible would be uh, a giggly person, a, a messy, sloppy, impulsive, overly emotional person. Um, not all of those are women qualities necessarily, but the emotional one can certainly be a woman quality. Um, uh, regarding emotions, I am not devoid of emotions, but I probably am not as emotional as most women. Um, but I've had my emotional times. Um, and I would say that when I'm emotional, I don't feel sensible. 
<laughs> Even, and I'm not saying it's wrong for me to be emotional sometimes, but it's, I really don't like giving into it or getting, having it get the best of me because I don't feel sensible when I'm, when I'm in the throes of tears. Um, it's just, it's so uncomfortable. But again, I'm not, I'm not here to say when you're emotional, you're bad, you're sinful. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that if you live constantly by your emotions, controlling who you are, what you think, how you live, then you're not sensible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in the, the sensible thing is going to come out again in, on the back page of this. Let's move on to kind. And kind means it has to involve other people. It is impossible to be kind all by yourself. <laughs> it's impossible to be anything but kind of, what would you, self-serving, not self, self-interested. <laughs> I don't know. No, being kind, you cannot be kind unless there's someone else there. Uh, the Greek is of good constitution, or agathos, of good constitution or nature, useful, salutary, which I looked that up and it means um, like it it's, promotes goodness or good health. Good, pleasant, agreeable, joyful, happy, excellent, distinguished, upright, and honorable. Uh, again, great qualities that you would like to have people listing when they think of you. Um, but again, it has to do with other people. You can, you can respond kindly if, some, if someone speaks to you either rudely or kindly, whatever. You can always respond kindly. But real, full-on kindness is active. It's proactive toward others. And that might be just to your family or if you're really into, let's, let's get kindness out there, then you start thinking of people beyond your family. Um, to be kind to. And that's where the hospitality thing starts coming in. So, your home is your living space, and of necessity it is, it has higher ordinate need for care than you have need of a second income. And I mentioned that earlier on, that um, it's your first priority, and until you get that under your belt, you shouldn't be trying to work somewhere else, especially uh, if you have children. And I know it's not a modern notion. Uh, I know it's not post-enlightenment. I know it's not uh, liberated women or women's rights. But I believe it's scripture. Um, and I'm not going to back off from what the scripture teaches. Um, I think having a job outside the home is overrated, frankly. Mm -hmm. I think the idea of having more money that you have to spend to take care of all the things that you can't accomplish because you're not home, it's, it's a pretty poor trade-off for you and your husband to come home to. Yes? I recently posted on my Facebook page a study, salary.com did, of a working mother or working wife and a stay-at-home wife. And it was interesting. I mean, I don't know how accurate it was, but it was like the stay-at-home mom was actually worth 117000 whereas the working mom was only worth 67000 because she was paying for childcare and, 
you know, all the things that yeah. you have to pay for when. Not that it came how, down. How old was that study? I think it was just recent. Okay, because they had had one some years ago, probably when I was raising my kids. Somebody did a study like that too, and it was the same thing. By the time you've paid mm -hmm. for all the things that a you couldn't, does, yeah, my wife does, yeah, that you're really not making any money. You're just adding stress to everyone's life by not being home. So what is it about God's plan? What is it that's so wonderful? Um, anyway, it also keeps you from being kind because you can't, uh, you won't even want to be kind to people when you're so exhausted from being away at home and then coming home and realizing you've got stuff to do at home too. You're too tired. Um, so, four basic areas of domesticity are cooking, cleaning, shopping, and decorating. Okay. Once you're convinced that you ought to be domestic, that you ought to know how to cook, clean, shop, and decorate, um, then you figure out how to do those well. Um, so, the first... Evan came up with this again. He's so funny. He's so he's so into making seminars. <laughs> the three D's of domesticity. <laughs> Develop a love for each element of domesticity. Describe a sensibility. We got that um, describe or excuse me, sensibility, because we're back on sensible, and then do a kindness. So develop, describe, and do. He's so cute. <laughs> and uh, in the first one, it's the develop a love, and I, I want you to each ask yourselves, do you love all of those things? Do you love to cook? Do you love to clean? Do you love to shop? And by that I mean groceries, supplies, clothes, even clothes, you gotta buy them. I love to shop. <laughs> I even enjoy grocery shopping when it's not a hugely hurried process. But and then home improvement things—that's part of shopping. Um, Evan and I love to go to think about what we could do next um, with the house, and just we we hardly ever have the money to do it. But which it brings me to another point. Some of a lot of you know about the big house here, but one of the things about our ministry here is it looks like we're wealthy because we live in this amazing house. It's 8,000 square feet. It's a 1911 home with you know, solid wood stuff, and uh, it's, it's just a mansion. Um, but we got this house without um, having any money to our name, essentially. Um, but... I'll give you the story if you want to later, but um, it was because the Lord wanted to honor our desire to do this ministry. And to this day, we don't have any extra money, except we do have a little savings account that my son insisted we start because he's calling it our retirement account. <laughs> yeah, except we have to dip into it every so often to pay taxes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's not being retirement, but it's it's kind of weird. We we haven't had a savings account for twenty some years, 
and uh, now we do. But anyway, we, we essentially live month to month on rents and the little bit of income that the church gives my husband. So we're not wealthy, but we have a really rich life because we desire to obey the Lord. We desire to do things His way. So onward, back to the um, developing a love, a decorating. If you can honestly uh, get to the point where you love those things, um, it's it's wonderful to be home doing those things. Leslie? Yes. I think my mom was always a fan of this, of people helping each other out with things like helping each other clean, go to one person's house. If you don't, I was just thinking, I don't like being alone in the home mm-hmm. all day long. And I like to decorate because I've done it for years as a profession. I'd be happy to come over if you don't have a love of decorating and give you ideas. Oh, she met my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I just think we all have strengths and we can all yeah. I think that's really other. wonderful, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And I don't like being alone, so come hang out with me while I'm having to iron. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point, Stephanie. And for me, in my life here, I wasn't alone much. Yeah. Um, there was almost always people around, and I kind of like being alone. So, would you all just go away? Because <laughs> I think that's something I've struggled with, just being a newlywed and being at home and not working outside the home <coughs> as much as I used to, just being alone all the time is like mm-hmm. one of those things that I was not used to. I'm a people person all mm-hmm. the way, so. Talk radio helps. <laughs> and I, I, I do talk radio as well. But that's a, a really good point, and I think Tammy had friends that they used to do cooking coordination, mm-hmm. where they'd get together and cook some meals, mm-hmm. um, cook ahead and exchange, and, and do, uh, that's just mm-hmm. a wonderful, wonderful solution to the, the loneliness problem of mm-hmm. being a, a mom at home. And since I never had to deal with that, it wouldn't have even occurred to me to come up with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. But the one thing I was just going to say, since most of the people here I've noticed are really young in their marriages and mm-hmm. lives, that it's a very short span of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very, even, even if you don't have kids, you will eventually probably go back to work. And if you do mm-hmm. have children, you have about five to seven years if you decide to put them in school. And even if you don't put them in school, you're going to be busy giving them their schooling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went from feeling very lonely as well to being now like, I have no time to schedule for friends. <laughs> and I'm always around people, and I like being alone. So, but I feel <laughs> lonely even when I, especially having twins right off the bat, I was home mm-hmm. a lot. And so, just being encouraged, it's a very short span of your life that you will yeah. feel lonely. It's maybe those five years, and uh-huh. you just like, what? Or sorry, Stephanie. Stephanie said is is really the, a great find someone else in your same situation uh-huh. and <laughs> encourage each other to be diligent because it's really hard to be diligent when you're lonely mm-hmm. and when you're alone all the time at home all the time mm-hmm. and then but encourage each other but also just mm-hmm. it gives you yeah. that community. No, that, that this short time. this too shall pass. <laughs> it does. Yes, definitely yes. being thankful. <laughs> being thankful. Yeah. Yes, yeah. thanks. Rachel, good job. Leslie, Leslie, yeah. add to one thing. Okay. Just that even now when I have three little kids and I'm busy all the time, it's helpful for me to push myself sometimes to go do something or to have somebody over because it's easy to get stuck in yes. pity party or mm-hmm. in 
it can be very lonely still because you're not talking to adults. Right. <laughs> you know, so there's kind of recognizing what your weak areas are and, and not letting yourself wallow in them. Because mm -hmm. Someone said to me, schedule things that yes. happen weekly because yeah. that that's you. my color code. That's okay. where that came from. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, it's not going to happen. Like, schedule yeah. weekly play dates or schedule weekly. Well, and nowadays, there is so much available to you to have socialization alone. And that is, yeah. I had to catch myself in that with the girls because it was hard for me to leave the home. Mm -hmm. were, I have twins, they were my first, and I caught myself on Facebook three, I mean, uh, easily three hours a day or more, and I was desperately lonely. Mm -hmm. It's the whole epidemic, you know. It's, get off the computer and see a human being. Uh -huh. I mean, it's really easy as a mom or a mm -hmm. person who's not a mom at home mm -hmm. to still feel like you're connected to someone yeah. when you're not. Mm -hmm. And so like what, I mean, Stephanie's suggesting is really, even without kids, have that actual community does help you get out of what I think I qualified very well, pity party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and, it, and it's come clear to me that I have to do it sometimes for me, not for my kids. So it might not be right. the best thing for them, mm -hmm. You might miss the baby's nap, <laughs> but it might be right. good for the other two, yeah. or it might be good for me. Mm -hmm. and it's good for you, it's good for them. Yeah, that's yeah. the way it is. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Exact, that um, this is in my child-rearing advice to people. I always say, your life is the important life because you're the one who's supposed to be wise. If you are letting things be run by what your kids uh, are up to, whether that be crying all the time or demanding uh, whatever. You know how kids are. If, if you <laughs> let them decide what's happening, then the wisdom mm -hmm. is at a child's level. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to be wise, then you need to wisely decide what's good to happen in your home, in your life with your kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and it may cause somebody to miss an app. Um, but it's. But then they go to bed early. <laughs> you, you, you hope so, anyway. Because yeah. <laughs> if they don't, they're no fun. <laughs> yeah. It's good for kids to participate in adult life as well, mm -hmm. and not always be about the the child play group thing. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just it's good for them to be around all mm -hmm. ages of other adults and. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's maturing for them, and yeah. All right. So then we go on to um, describe a sensibility. If you if you get it down that you're gonna love cooking, cleaning, shopping, <coughs> decorating, then you describe a sensibility for each element, and by that I mean a philosophy or a pattern or a routine, a prudence, an orderly manner of approach to cooking cleaning, to shopping, to decorating. Um, so the cleaning area thing is, if you are buried in your house by having been neglectful, it's not going to be a quick fix. It's not going to be a quick, oh, I know how to get this, I'll just clean now. You're going to need help. You're going to need someone to uh, teach you how, first how to get out of the, the mess, and then how to maintain the order. Um, by any chance that's anyone's circumstance, um, I adjure you, I think that's a Bible word, to <laughs> find help. Um, and I'd be willing to talk to you about it. I don't know that I'd be willing to actually go and help because I think I have enough going on here. But um, cleaning, you just you get it too far behind, it becomes, 
insurmountable. Shopping, uh, again, I, I like shopping quite a bit. Uh, I like finding deals, um, but I'm not willing to be a coupon clipper anymore. I did that for many years. Um, but I have a whole method, and in fact, if we continue with these seminars, I will teach at some point my shopping method that I did for years when my kids were little. I was faithfully out every Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock, hitting the stores at 6 o'clock because no one's there. <laughs> and you got free run of the grocery store. And that's when the sales start. Yeah, Wednesday morning sales, uh, the weekly ads start on Wednesday. And I remember going sometimes on Thursday and they would be out of whatever that sale item was because all the people who went Wednesday cleaned them out. And they'd get it in again on Friday or whatever, but I just realized for me, Wednesday morning. Anyway, I have a whole routine that I did, and I frankly don't do it much anymore because um, my life is just so much different now that my kids are grown. Um, but it, I still remember how to do it. <laughs> and it, I'd be happy to teach it. In fact, if if we continue the um, this area of, um, of the actual homemaking would be the one of the main focuses of teaching people how to do certain kitchen things, maybe how to make certain types of meals. Um, simple things like how to, how to cut up an onion, um, how to chop fast, things like that. That um, I've, Having lived with so many people, I've had lots of different people helping me in the kitchen. And it's amazing to, to watch somebody who doesn't know what they're doing try to cut something up. Um, you take a little knife and go in like this. And, you know, they take three or four times as long as, as I would take, because I, I know what I'm doing. Anyway, we would have a lot more lessons like that. <coughs> um, on the decorating thing in, in Describe a Sensibility, one thing that is, is really sensible about decorating your home is asking your husband what he likes. <laughs> um, lots of times women get this notion that the decorating of the home is, is their thing because they're the woman and they're going to decorate. And they, they go out and they, they might make all kinds of choices that um, if they were living in a girls' school, it would be great. But men don't generally want to be surrounded by ruffles and pink. <laughs> so finding out what what your husband likes and including him. Now, if, if he flat out doesn't care, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, my husband is probably pickier than I am about decorating. And Mind you. Yeah. <laughs> we have a great time, though. We love to shop for um, fabric if I'm going to make curtains. See, I'm very skilled at sewing. And uh, all the curtains in the house here are homemade by Leslie Wilson, not bought because our windows are way too weird sized and too big for me to afford buying curtains and stuff. So we just have a great time picking things out. It's fun. Um, so consider your husband. The last uh, thing, and oh, it's almost three, do a kindness. So who are the other people that you're cooking, cleaning, shopping, and decorating for? Um, in in some way, it's got to be for your husband, assuming you're married, which most of you are here. Um, if not, 
when you're when you're cooking, you want to make sure that you're considering what these people like, whether it's your husband or your guests, and figuring out how to accomplish both. Um, Evan and I have pretty different tastes in what we like in food. They definitely overlap in in a dis, in a good dis, nice big area, but when uh, when I'm fixing dinner for the whole gang in here. I'll have things on the table that he doesn't like, but I'll also make sure there's enough stuff on the table that he does like that he actually gets a full meal. Um, because I don't want to give up the things that I want to eat just because he doesn't like them. So it does mean it's more work to, to do that, but you really need to cook to your husband's desire, and then if you're having guests on top of that, to, to try to find out whether or not there's something they um, can or cannot eat, will or will not eat, etc. Bethany was so kind lately. We exchanged several emails <laughs> where she was trying to figure out what she could fix that Evan would eat. <laughs> and we're going to their house on March 1st. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then shopping. Again, I have my, my menu planning and shopping routine that um, I would be happy to teach at some point. But figuring out a, a good way to do it and then how you're doing it for others. Um, Decorating. This is sort of the fill-in spot for you to write something down if you want. Um, but that ends talk number two on spice. And uh, Heather has a question. Well, in regards to like shopping, I don't know, or I guess anything that you have to do during the day, do you ever get like just overwhelmed by it? Just like where do you start? Where to start and and like. Maybe not you because you uh, love shopping, but <laughs> when I go into a grocery store, I have to fight with like anxiety. Am I buying the right stuff? You know, I like I have to have it planned out beforehand, mm -hmm. and then afterwards I get to the, the the grocery line and I'm like, did I spend too much? Okay, yeah, and, <laughs> and that's like, all. Being, yeah, all in my my plan oh, for okay. um. Uh, in, again, I would love to do another session if, if people are up for it, but I was under a strict budget for years and years and years. This talk is over. Bye.